Welcome to the Liberty Tree, podcasting from Family Life Church in Swanee, Georgia. In the big rock candy mountains, the jails are made of tin, and you can walk right out again as soon as you are in. There ain't no short handle shovels, no axes, saws, or picks. I'm a going to stay where you sleep all day, where they hung the Turk that invented work in the big rock candy mountains. Jesus is still all right with me. Jesus is still all right. Oh, yeah. Jesus is still all right with me. Jesus is still all right. Is that DC Talk? Yep. I don't care what they make. Oh, it's Doobie Brothers. Yeah. And it's Jesus oh. is just all right with me. Oh, really? Didn't, wait, oh, it was DC it, Talk. Well, DC Talk had Jesus is still all right, but maybe the Doobies had Jesus is just all right. With me. Oh. I never thought of that. See, I just thought it was DC Talk. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, man. DC Talk. The Doobie Brothers. I don't know. Now, What's that song uh, going up? I got to get her. in the sky. What's Who's that? that? Nor- Norman Greenbaum. Well, oh, yeah. That's a great song. It's one of the first songs I learned to play on the guitar. Really? Yeah. Never been a sinner. Never sinned. <laughs> yeah. I got a friend, friend in Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> the beginning Sing that of at church. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always thought that we if should I was totally a, play it at church. I always thought if I was a professional wrestler, that my interest music would start off with that. But I don't know that and a bunch of other songs. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, DC Talk. They were huge, man. Oh, they were big. Back in the day? I remember we went to this youth thing. I can't remember where it was. I was in my teens, and my sister was there. Me and my sister, my dad went to this service, but we got stuck into the big teen-like concert-like thing. Mm. There was hundreds of people there. Didn't know a soul. (laughs) Didn't know anybody, just me and Nancy. Uh, And we're standing there. And you had to fill out this thing at the beginning and put your name in, you know. But it was a raffle. So, like, they did the <laughs> raffle, and it was like a thing for DC Talk. It was like a bunch of CDs you'd win and all this stuff. Yeah. Well, guess whose name got pulled for the uh, raffle? I sw- if there is anybody that can win a drawing, it is you it and wasn't your family, me. man. It was my sister. Oh. Right? So Still. it was like, Nancy. <laughs> Somewhere in your family. Well, you come the- down and you could just see like, because pretty much everybody kind of knew everybody. Yeah. But it was kind of like a lull silence over the crowd. Like, who is this person? You know? Well, yeah. And <laughs> so she had, I said, she, she said, oh, no. And I said, you have to go down there. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> in front of all these people. And ha, pick ha, up. Ha, ha, you and won. Just, Something good happened to, to you. Go all, ha, ha. We were sitting in the back. So she had to go. All, it was like an auditorium. So she had to go all the way down and. And, and then people are like, oh, well, where are you from? You know, so it's like, it's the funniest thing. I gave her such a hard time. <laughs> Speaking about winning things, yeah. there's a place that uh, um, I go to, and they have a vending machine. It's a Coke machine, but it's not like an old Coke machine. It better not be a Pepsi machine is all I'm saying. Not around no, no, no. <laughs> okay. No, no. Good, good. And, and so Yankees. every time I go in there, it's 75 cents for a can. So I'll get a can Pepsi of, from North Carolina? I mean, it's really not... Anyway, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Anyway. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. I get uh, it's seventy-five cents for a drink, so I usually get thirsty and to, oh, I'll just have a drink. Every time I put my seventy-five cents in there, three drinks come out when I push the button. Yeah. Every time, and the guy's like, "Man, you should pay the lottery because that never happens to anybody but you." And it happened again today. Really? <laughs> I got nice. three drinks That's for seventy-five nice. cents. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, just put, I don't know what it is. And know, it's different ones. It's not like it's the same one. Right, right. Like I got a sun kiss today and I pushed the button and then all three <laughs> come out. Nice. Yeah, it was like three days ago, I got like a Dr. Pepper. It was like, yeah, sounds like, that's sounds what like, I'm talking sounds about. like a bowling ball knocking over the pins. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. So I have to like give them away. Like, yeah. hey, like one of the workers is working there. You know, wrong with you, so like, like some random guy. Like, the one, the one guy's <laughs> like, you need to play the lottery. <laughs> Yeah, at least it was a Dr. Pepper that one time. I did that. I won once in school. In my high school, we had a Coke machine. And I did it not thinking that you would win. And I won a, an extra Surge. And I was like, oh, I like Surge, but I don't like it that much. Yeah. But I just was feeling like I needed, I needed a Surge of, <laughs> of, of caffeine that day. You know, and so I, I oh, went with it. Well, they they stopped making that, remember? And then they yeah. just come back yeah, with it of, again. All those yeah. people that were poisoned. No, I'm, just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just spreading what? rumors. I'm, I'm just spreading rumors. No, no. Sorry, I had just, a couple last it week. A, it was just a terrible That's thing. That's what's wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they came out with no. it again. Now you can get it again. Huh. Yeah. And they have the bigger cans, too. You know how you get them small, 12-ounce yeah, yeah. yeah. cans? Now it's like a 16-ounce. Well, yeah. Or whatever. At my office, it's not in the vending machine, at least not that I know of. But every time I look in like the aluminum can recycle... There's like dozens of tab cans. I drink oh, tab, you know, so much because yeah. we had a. I don't know. Like, I'm like, I don't know who in my office because I never <laughs> see like walking around. I'm not that I'm there that often because I'm usually on the road. But, but still, I'm just like, man, somebody's got a serious fix for tab. <laughs> Do you remember? I, we had a Coke machine in the church that I grew up in, and it was it had the big red Coke sign on 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 top, and the side it was like wood panel. And then like on the front, you had the big huge Coke button. You had the Regular bitty size bitty. diet coke, yeah. Button, yeah. regular yeah. size, you know, sprite, and then, uh, and then you had uh, mellow yellow and tab, and I remember that tab was just that weird, different looking color and wording, and 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 not everybody drank it. So when I was a kid, I was like, I want the tab, you know, and, and I would get it, and I was like, it tastes disgusting, but I would still yeah. drink it because right. it was the novelty. Is that yeah. one of the machines that don't take dollars? Obviously, it was just oh yeah, like no no quarters, just, nickels, yeah. And dimes. Well, well, yeah. You know, tab, tab had such a marketing push behind it that being young and impressionable, it's like you think you want it. Like I, I don't think I, I didn't really like the way it tasted that much. It had all that like NutraSweet in there or whatever yeah. it had in there, but so it tasted really like chemically. Yeah. But 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 you think you want it because right. everywhere you looked was tab this and tab that. I mean back to the future, you know, he goes in the goes in the diner. Hey, give me a tab. And the oh, guy's yeah, like, well yeah. how can I give you a tab? You haven't ordered anything yet. That's right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think it also plays into the part of, you know, just and he's like, the well, name. Then, okay, well then give me a Pepsi Freeze. He's like, no, if you want it, you gotta pay for it. So sorry. So, yeah. <laughs> Rabbit trail. Yeah. Back to the future. At least back to the future one and back to the future two to me are one of my most favorite fits of nostalgia to go back and watch. I loved the Back to the Future series when it came out. I begged my parents to take me to Pizza Hut so that I could get the Back to the Future 2 sunglasses that you had to pay $2.99 for extra that wasn't a happy meal. Just give me for the kids' meal. Yeah. Which at first, I think it was either my dad or was there, we have to pay for the toy? Boo to that. Yeah, you know, well, because Pizza Hut didn't have like kids' meals. Right, it was no. just a promotion. Right. You know? And so I was like, please, please, I'll read and all the books And by the way, the weren't the they of terrible inferior quality when you actually got your hands on them? Oh, yeah, like, but I still it, loved them. It was just like a piece of like yeah. plastic film sort of in a curve and you're like hung it over your ear and you're like, yeah, I'm Marty McFly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or I'm, I'm Doc Brown. Without Ooh. even chewing on the on the the ear straps, yeah. they're still already like flaking and everything yeah. by, oh, by yeah. the third week of wearing them. Yeah. But I still I loved them, man. Yeah. Uh, Back to the Future. I never did see the third one. Third the one Western was you're not well, missing much. Is it the Western one? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. It's you know it's actually got good reviews when it came out because you know because 
as I, you know, a lot of people like Back to the Future too, but it has, at least at the time, it had kind of a convoluted story and compared to how, how concise the first one was, how crisp and quickly the action moved and everything worked together. There was just a big story they were trying to do with all these different timelines going. So when the third one came out, they were like, well, it does take place in the Old West, but it's kind of a return to form in terms of the crispness of the script and all that sort of thing. I, I, you know, I, I like them all, I guess. But I will say this, with each movie, if you watch them, especially if you have like a DVD set or you can watch them back to back, Marty and Doc Brown's interaction with each other, their acting sort of just devolved into like, they were always talking over a lot of noise. Like, Doc, <laughs> you got to get out of there. Okay, Marty. Ah. And at the very end of the third one, at, at the end of the third one, I won't give away what happens for those of you that never want to see it, but at the end of the third one, as they're having their final scene together, they're literally, you know, six feet apart. And they're both like shouting and waving their arms just like as if they're like trying to talk over like a, a tornado or something. Like, you know, like, Marty, I'll never forget you, Doc. I'll never forget you. You know, it's just so it's sort of like how Batman's voice in the in the Christopher Nolan Batman movie is how he went from kind of like, Gruff and Batman y to buy like the Dark Knight. It's just like, I'm Batman, you know. So yeah. it, just, it, just, it just got more and more and more, you know. But I know, but like I said, and it doesn't, doesn't take away, it's still good movies. But now that I've said it, the next time you watch them, you won't be able to unhear it, you know. So. Right, right. Michael J. Fox, who's watching, what was that, Teen Wolf? Yeah. Classic. Oh, yeah. Man, you know. I like the I like the first beginning the beginning when they're playing the basketball game yeah. you know then he puts the the shot up and it's like it's gonna go in <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> and then it's, it's totally miss it like yeah. yeah Teen Wolf made me want yeah. to be a werewolf and be able to play basketball yeah. well <laughs> and, and and I thought that what by the time I got to high school I thought that all parties would be like the one that they go to where it's like there'll be two hundred people in somebody's like yeah. parent free house <laughs> and it will be like this like just music blasting and everybody cheering about stuff and just like flying popcorn and Pepsi and just like, just, you just, you know, I was, I totally thought that's how it would be. And, you know, I mean, as, and when I finally got into high school and like, you know, finally got to go to, you know, parties or whatever, they, I mean, I went to some fun ones, but they were never just, they never lived up to what I thought it was going to be after watching that movie. You know, I never <laughs> got to go or if I was invited, I don't remember to a party in high school. I'm devastated to this day. And I always was thinking or wondering, I wonder if it's like the party in weird science. Yeah. Like, weird, I, like uh, weird science yeah. or, or, you know, uh, or, or, or. You know, uh, I guess Teen Wolf, and then maybe like some of the other, you know, John Hughes movies. Some movie know, that that uh, that that a young uh, uh, yeah. Downey Jr. was in. Yeah. So, so, like growing up in Scotland, you know, because I went to school in Scotland, I did go to school here, but not, you know, much. <laughs> but um, like back home in Scotland, we used to have like school discos, and we yeah. were like twelve, thirteen. Yeah. Did you guys have that? Yeah, uh, it just depends. They sock hops. Yeah, they had they had certain dances, you know, depending, and it also depended on whether you went to a private school or yeah. a public school or whatever. Mm -hmm. But you know, a lot of schools it was kind of more formal, like you'd have like an eighth grade dance. Yeah, and everybody. Yeah, yeah. Would, it's almost like a, you know, practice for your wedding because all the boys are supposed to wear a tux or a suit, right. and all the girls are supposed to wear a fancy dress, and it's like kind of like with grease. Prom. Yeah. <laughs> but, then, but, then, but then there were some schools, I think, that had more just like more informal stuff, like we're going to have a, you know, a Friday night dance or a Saturday night right, dance right, or, yeah. or, or mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. a sock hop type of deal, what you, if you call it that. And it just depends. But, but yeah, I think, 
I think over there it was probably more commonplace to just have a more casual affair of just it like was, it was, it's just a place for the kids to get together with some adult supervision. Hopefully you won't get yourself into trouble. I think I remember it was primary seven, which I guess would be, I don't know what grade that would be. Like 12 maybe? Yeah, like about 12, 12 years, years old, old just yeah. before you go into secondary school. Yeah. And we had like a, a primary seven disco. And it was like in the next town over. So we'd have to get dropped off. And we were yeah. left there. Yeah. We just dropped off. Now, and, and I was so very surprised that I got to go because my father, who was an evangelist at the time, right, was very strict with that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I don't know if he knew I did go because I think he was gone. <laughs> well, you know, I I started. Playing, he knows now. I well, started if he's playing the podcast. But you know, <laughs> but, but I, I missed a lot of that stuff. But not because I I couldn't go. But I started playing in bands when I was fourteen, like right. playing like in Atlanta. You know, like places that I wasn't old enough to get into because you had to. Be, a lot of them had to be first of all twenty one just to get in. Some mm-hmm. of them you could be eighteen, but obviously you weren't allowed to drink alcohol. You had to be twenty one to do that. But you know, there would some sometimes some of these younger bands would come through, and you know, I, like I said, I'm 14 the first time I played one, mm. and and so, you know, I I would never let my own children do it now, but uh, but maybe times were a little bit different. But I mean, I was going into the city with my you know hoodlum friends to play a gig, and then expected to look after myself and then come home, you know. But th- that was actually a fairly structured environment because. The manager at the club was like, well, you guys are underage, so you can only stay here, and you can only be in this like dressing room, and then you're going to be on stage, and you're going to go home, and you're not going to be here, and we don't want any funny business. And it was actually fairly well right. structured, you know, you know, as opposed to just going to so-and-so's house on a Friday night right. or whatever. Right. You know. So two questions now I have yeah. to ask you. One, what venues did you play in in Atlanta? Yeah. And two... Is is there any footage of you in this band? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's probably some still pictures, but um, there used to see this was prior to Atlanta having the Olympics. Ah, uh-huh. so there was a lot more stuff that when they got the Olympic, you know, when it they announced it, they closed a lot of it down. Like I'm sure you've probably heard mm-hmm. stories of like them shipping a lot of homeless people out of town, like giving one way bus tickets. Right, you know? right, right. So. You know, there used to be... Sorry, it's well, not funny. It's not, but it happened. You know, but over, you know, Georgia Tech campus had the... They built an aquatic center, and a lot of the uh, water events, aquatic events for the Olympics took place at that aquatic center. So that's right over near... There used to be a whole string of places to play over there. There was uh, the rec room. There was Samba Reptile. There was uh, uh, PJ's Nest, or just to name a few. I think there were maybe even a couple others kind of would spring up from time to time. But then there were also like several like, you know, gentlemen's clubs over there, so to speak. So, you know, it was kind of like, it was kind of a seedy area. But, but again, you'd go and you'd play in the club and it was, you know, they were like rock and roll clubs or heavy metal clubs or whatever. And you'd go and you'd play your gig and there'd be, you know, five or six bands playing that night and they'd start playing at nine and play till two. And, you know, we, we would usually be one of the earlier ones because you didn't want to get stuck there, not getting home till, you know, four o'clock in the morning, that stuff. So. Mm. But uh, but anyway, we, we we played those and then but then we kind of branch out. There was the masquerade. We'd play there sometimes. Nice. Or the uh, let's see, got to play at you know center stage a couple of times and in town and uh, then uh, like Marietta had the Strand and there was a couple of places on the west yep. side that were kind of like that. And then when I got older, I played in a cover band and we would play kind of the Buckhead circuit. So Buckhead had all these places that were like you know where you weren't playing your own music and you weren't on stage for 45 minutes or an hour with six other bands, you would be the only entertainment for three nights and you'd play for from nine o'clock till two o'clock in the morning. And you know, we play, we play 75 songs, wow. we play five, 15 song sets. 
Holy wow. cow. And then, you know, so we had to have a catalog of about 300 songs. So it was a lot, you know. Wow. But, but uh, it's a different kind of experience, but it was still just it's a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, doing, doing the grind. But, you know, a lot yeah. of fun, though. Sounds like it. Yeah, yeah we all, but in elementary school, we had the, uh, if you color the little sparkles, roller rink, uh, little handout, you got a, you got free admission or free skates into the roller rink that Friday night. <laughs> That's and, right. And, yeah. and uh, uh, I, I can't roller skate at all. I can go fast, but I can't stop unless I was always looking for that padded or what would look like to be a padded carpeted wall that I could yeah, plow I, myself I, into. I've seen you at skate country, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe, okay, tell our listeners, but, you know, but, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I'm, like, I'm not very graceful. I'm like destructive. How, how, you know, every time I've, I've set foot on that rink, I'm like, you know, it's been a while since I've hurt my back or my knees, so, you know, might as well, what, what, what better time than right now? So let's get out here and, you know, skate with the kids. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot, a lot more difficult. <laughs> I went for the video games yeah. and to just see my friends, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Double, double, double Dragon 2, come on. Star Wars yeah. or the Ninja Turtle game, fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, well, they have them new things that you can learn on. Whoever yeah. came up with that Oh, idea. yeah, the, the, the walkers. The PVC-looking walker things. Yeah. Whoever invented that was a great Although, idea. We were kids. We weren't too good to not, you know, bruise our ankles and our knees and scrapes and, well, and <laughs> I, again, break our teeth. I, I don't know if it was just a, the, the times are different or whatever, but, I mean, I had three different friends who got concussions at skating rinks. We were, like, because, first of all, Every birthday party was either at the skating rink, yeah, or maybe at the Showbiz Pizza, I guess, which is that you know, the, Fats Geronimo, the, the, yeah, the the animatronic uh, kind of like Chuck E. Cheese type place. So right? much better than Chuck E. Cheese. I know, I know, but but <laughs> but uh, but just like VHS over Betamax, Chuck E. Cheese prevailed, and it is what it is, and that's what we have. Go so. Google, was it <laughs> Show, uh, Fats Geronimo and the Fire Something yeah. uh, Express or something, and watch I mean, them, and that was 80s glory. Yeah, well, it was like the animatronic version of the Muppet Show and the Electric Mayhem yeah. band. You know, they, it was they, like, they, they moved around very freakily, yeah. and you know they had their eyes rolled back into their heads and stuff, <laughs> but it was awesome. Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> now is just, a, a, it's just something up on a TV. Yeah, but... You know, <laughs> but I think the upkeep on the TV is probably a lot cheaper than the upkeep on the oh, animatronics. Oh, sure. Right, so, right, right. Um, but it's cheaper for the guy to come out in a yeah. suit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just the but, downfall of cartoons but, today, too. But, That's there, were, another but there were a lot of birthdays taking place at these skating rinks. And I guess just because every Saturday and Friday was like so many kids. And I guess there's just so much chance for injury. I don't know. But I just, like I said, I knew three different people that had, you know, concussions. Oh, from yeah. Just you know, barreling around the fireballing around the, the rink. I was a threat just by doing the hokey pokey. Yeah. I mean, that, that was dangerous for me. <laughs> well, I always just remember like, you know, first I was the one, like if, you know, you didn't want to fall down cause then some really good skater would be like mad at you that you got in their way. You <laughs> know? Away, punk. But then I remember as I kind of got better when I, you know, when I was, you know, 11 or 12 and now like the six year old film for me, now I'm the one's like, Oh kid, you know, just, you know, what are you doing out here? You know, get in the slow lane. He always had that one kid who could do like triple axles and roller yeah. skates and stuff. And he was always or showing backwards off on, yeah. backwards only skate. And I'd have to get off the floor. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, can't skate like, backwards. Like, yeah. Skating backwards and laughing and they're, they're yeah. playing like, Oh, take the old records off the shelf. <laughs> and he's like, you know, going around and you're like, man, I wish I could do that. Speaking of, uh, speaking of that, Jesus is just all right with me. Been covered by the birds, the doobie brothers, the Ventures, which I'm assuming makes it an instrumental version, DC Talk, Striper, and, Striper. Uh, and Robert yes. Randolph featuring Eric Clapton, among many others. Wow. Mm. But anyway. Which is kind of funny when you think I, about our, our intern just handed me that information. Thank you for doing that research. Yeah, she's nice. She's, she's very, very good. nice. Yeah. Very nice. She's doing better. And the funny she's thing learning. is about the, the lyrics to that song is, Jesus is still all right with me. Like, it's like, you know, shouldn't we be singing that, you know, I'm glad that Jesus is all right 
with me. <laughs> I, it's not, I've always thought it was, you know, you know, for me, to me, Jesus is all right. Do you, do you, <laughs> do you know what I'm trying to say? Uh, like, like, like mm-hmm. making that, you know, I'm proclaiming that I'm okay with Jesus, that I'll let Jesus hang around. I'll let Jesus be yeah. my co-pilot when it should be mm-hmm. more singing. Uh, 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 I'm glad that Jesus likes me. Well, wants me. Uh, is all right with me. According to my research here, the song's title makes use of the American slang term "all right," which during the <laughs> 1960s was used to describe something that was considered cool or very good. So, uh. but um, it's all right. It's all right. Hmm. Yeah. I, wonder, I guess if you were to translate it, I don't even know what current slang Would is. Would that be the same as out of sight? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Out of sight, dynamite. Yeah. Dynamite. So, you, the song dynamite. Been, so the song could have been Jesus is out of sight with me. Yeah. yeah. Or dynamite. Yeah. Groovy. Jesus is dynamite with me. That too. Je- Jesus yeah. is groovy with me. Yeah. Or Jesus is my homeboy. That's kind of. Oh, that was a song. Yeah, it was a song. Yeah, somebody. I think it was DC Talk. Jesus is my homeboy. I thought somebody Jesus, was. I thought Jesus is my homeboy was just like a like a shirt. No, I think it was a song somewhere. Oh, really? Somebody okay. brought it out. Maybe so, I'm mistaken. I, I saw a sticker today that said Jesus is dope. So the, so the other day, or God is dope. So the Doobie Brothers version is uh, says arguably the most popular version, and their version came out in 1972. Uh, the Doobie Brothers version of Jesus is Just All Right was one of a number of religiously themed songs to reach the U.S. charts between 1969 and 1973, along with Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum, uh, which we were talking about off the air here, uh, Put Your Hand in the Hand by Ocean, Superstar by Murray Head and Morning Has Broken by Cat Stevens and Jubilation by Paul Anka. Wow. Hmm. Now there's Speak a... to the Sky by Rick Springfield and Jesus Was a Capricorn by Chris Christopherson <laughs> and My Sweet Lord by George Harrison. And I knew sweet Lord, Jesus yeah. before he was a star by Glenn Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Campbell. He also before did, uh, he was a star. Uh, yeah. Imagine. Southern Heights. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Was, that, was that Glenn Campbell? Southern Nights? I think so. I just like a rhinestone cowboy and a Wichita lineman. <laughs> like a rhinestone cowboy, <laughs> riding out on his horse and a star. Was that part of the mo- was that the movie? Was that the movie one? Wasn't there a movie with John Travolta? What was that one? Well, there's a movie called Rhinestone with Sylvester Stallone. So sorry, I can't picture Sylvester Stallone as a cowboy or a southern dude or. But anything. then there's Urban Cowboy with John Travolta. That's the one. That's uh, the one. Urban Cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's. Uh, I was watching. Uh, um, what was it the other day? Over the top. Sylvester yeah, Stallone. Oh yeah. Wow. Winner takes it all. Yeah. Loser takes a fall. <laughs> over the top. And he's got you know he's first of all I don't think that I don't think that doing like an arm press. In the cab of your truck, yeah. works out any of the muscles that you need to do it looks cool. to win an arm wrestling yeah. competition. But there was you know. some motivational. I wonder how many motivational songs from like movies back then like made why, it into like you know. Why was he so pumped up, up for the football his, game? But why was he so fired up to get his kid back from Robert Loja? His kid was a whiny brat the whole time. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like I mean, you should stay with Robert Loja. I love yeah. I love Robert Loja. Yeah. Robert Loja. <laughs> He was the general in uh, Independence Day. Mr. President, oh, yeah. we've lost contact with all the cities of the world. <laughs> How many inspirational like songs from like the 80s and stuff like made it into like you had to listen to it before and, the football game or you had to listen to it like yeah. it's the best, the best. No one's and ever who, gone, the best. who in their right mind 
would let like a 10 year old get behind the wheel of an 18 wheeler on a road and <laughs> drive it. No one's ever claimed that Sylvester Stallone was in his right mind. So, <laughs> hey, you drive it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. That's so that, awesome. that was that was that was a good movie. Yeah. And I have seen recently, uh, if any of you out there are Netflix subscribers, I think Over the Top is right now it's on Netflix. So it is. You can watch it for free with your Netflix I watched it on Amazon Prime. Maybe that's what it was on. I can't remember. But you know, Over the but, Top. Man, a few weeks ago, I watched Pee-wee's Big Adventure on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. That's a big contrast between <laughs> Over the Top and... <laughs> I'm a rebel daddy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. The guy, the, we talk about Teen Wolf. The guy that was one of the basketball players That's on right. Teen Wolf, he wasn't was, he on Pee-wee's? He was, the, he was the bad guy in Pee-wee's That's right. Adventure. Yeah. He's the one that stole yeah. his bike, Francis. Mm-hmm. Francis, That's right. <laughs> hey, Francis. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what do we have on tap today for the well, Liberty we, Tree? We need to get back to Christianity 101 <laughs> and, and, yeah. and find out why Jesus is just all right. That's with right. Not just me, but everybody. Right, so. right. Everybody who's taken him into their hearts. Last time we talked about sort of that very core essence of what Christianity really is defined as, like how, how you can do that one thing that you can hang your hat on and know for sure that you've you know, got yourself started off on the right foot. But there's more to it. Yes. So, Zach, why don't you pick us up right where we left off? Sure. I'll kind of close out with some verses that kind of uh, feed off the resurrection of Christ. And we won't go into it today, but there's so many aspects and things that now mean and come into play when when you believe and have faith or, or there's evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If, if Jesus rose from the dead, that means, okay, then what happened on the cross? There's so many things that, that lead into that. You know, it, and that's an interesting aspect that we'll get into later. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 14 says, And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. It's hardcore. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, first, and then First Corinthians fifteen seventeen says, and if just think about it, this is just three verses later, it's like repeated or, or emphasized again. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Mm, That's wow. hardcore too, because then now it kind of pushes back on the without Christ, you are still in your sins. Yeah, no matter what you do. Right. No matter how, how good you think you're doing or how righteous you think you are. Right. You know, you're, you're, you're missing the boat. You're missing that's the right. point. And that's, I think that's something that's very key for a Christianity 101, you know, to have, to have an understanding of what it is that we believe or hopefully that, you know, all Christians believe is that if you don't, if you're not putting Christ first and if you're not seeking salvation through him, then all the rest of it is very nice, and it doesn't mean that you're not doing good deeds and 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 hopefully living a, a holy life, but you're still missing the point. Well, it's like that scripture, you know. He even says it: "I am the way. Mm-hmm. He is the way. Yep, the truth and the life. And no one is heaven saved through me. Yep, yep. So, and that kind of helps should help you know provide some discernment on your end, on our ends as well. We as well." Is to kind of you know whenever there's that, there's that temptation to 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 move away from Christ and the person and work of Jesus Christ, who He is, what He did, 
or even in a ministry setting, or maybe that 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 preacher or that or that speaker that you really like to listen to, that he speaks so well, and that he tells you all about your problems that you're having right now and how you can just fix them if you do this and say this prayer and do all whatever, and yet you can't find Jesus anywhere in it at all. You can't find the resurrection, the crucifixion, the birth, the virgin birth, anything of Jesus in the preaching, in the message, in the ministry. I quite, you know, is it Christianity? You know, is what's being referenced or even being spoken about Christianity, or is it just a self-help, narcissistic, you know, you know, I said Jesus focus on you. You know, if, if it's just about, you know, hey, here's your problem, or I know you're going through a trial, and if you just, you know, do all these great things, and if I can, you know, go through the Bible and find some miraculous event that happened for this one person in Isaiah or in Jeremiah, and I can somehow pull it and show it or tell you that that can happen to you now too and get everybody excited about it, it's, it's ripping the Bible to shreds. It's ripping the Bible completely out of context. It's passing on false hope, false faith, false insurance, and something in anything other than Jesus Christ, which is supposed to be the whole point of this Christian faith, the whole point of life. And it kind of plugged this series a little bit more later down the road. Look up and study something called a theology of the cross. It is completely, it is something that's changed my outlook, outlook and has changed my life as far as how to read scripture, how to view my relationship with Christ, my relationship within Christianity, and that is look through everything through the lens of the cross, and that it changes everything, and it, and it, it helps put things in the right perspective. And I kind of went on that rant accidentally. Uh, no, but uh, it's it's but it's absolutely valid though, and it's it's more to the point of what we're talking about. Yeah, so. I mean, if to deny the physical resurrection is to deny that Jesus' work was a satisfactory offering to God the Father. It would mean that Jesus was corrupt and needed to stay in the grave, but he did not stay because his sacrifice was perfect. Uh, These verses clearly state that if you say that Jesus did not rise from the dead in the same body that he died, John 2, 19-21, then your faith is useless. So, And that sums it all up right there. Sure does. So moving on from that, to the next, or in case anybody has anything else they wanted to point to or add. John, I thought you had a scripture that you wanted to read. I did. I did have a scripture, and it's in Hebrews 4.12. Um, this is just an encouragement to get into your Bible and read it, just like them scriptures you brought forth about the resurrection of Christ. It's, you know, we're, we're nothing. Our faith is nothing. But it, all, it says here in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Bam. Yeah. Again, and that's Hebrews 4.12. Yeah. Yeah, and it just and there you go. I mean... That's what... I mean, it gives you dis, it's discerner it paints of the quite, thoughts. Yeah, it paints quite a picture there. It does. You know, I mean, like sharper than any two-edged sword, you know, because it's just it gets right to the heart of the matter. Mm-hmm. And that's why we encourage anybody listening and hopefully try to... You know, I try to encourage myself or try to, you know... If you'll just turn to God's Word, it's all right there. And especially as I've gotten, you know... You know more into my adult years and that sort of thing where it's just like I 
I'm still constantly surprised in a good way that, you know, the answers that you seek, they're right there on the printed page. Right. Oh, yeah. And it, to me, it just, it just reiterates that it's a truly a living document because it's his living word because it's like, you know, I, I can, I can be having a, a you know, trouble in my life and read a verse and get something from it and then have something else that's not related and read the verse and it speaks to me in a different way. And it's just, but it, but the answers are still there and it does cu- cut to the heart of every matter. Right. You know? Right. And, and you know, and it doesn't cut you any slack when you're trying to fool yourself or trying to talk yourself into something that you know isn't right. But right there, the the word doesn't, you know, it doesn't play any games, and it, it'll cut right to the heart of the matter. God's God's uh, in, in the in the Bible in Scripture in, in in the written word, you have God's two words that He speaks to us in law and gospel. It's two words that come after that 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 are given to us as gift. The law, God's spoken word of law, will kill, 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 kill the sinner. <laughs> right. Mm. The, the law is a sinner-eating monster, and, and you are delicious. That's you look right. like You yeah, look like you, a sinner snack, and it's, it's, and it's coming for you. Right, and if you read any of the law sections of the Bible, mostly Old Testament stuff, but if you read it, you, you, you can't live up to any of those things. I mean, read the Ten Commandments. You fail on like the first two immediately. Right, if, you, right. if you fail that first one, all the rest are going to right. fall with it. And, and, it, and it. and the Word tells you the consequences of failing in the law. It's, you you know, you are condemned. Death. Right. Eternal right. death. Right. So, so how is somebody that's just picking up the Bible, that's maybe still new to God's Word, what are they supposed to do with that when they read it? And they're like, this is terrible. What's, what's going to happen to me? Because I can't possibly do all of these things. I can't live up to this. What am I going to do? I will encourage you, and, I will, and maybe this will help, help comfort you. If you're, if you're reading the Bible for the first time, or maybe you've read the Bible for all your life, and it is constantly killing you, that's good. That's good. You're on the right track. You're on the right track. You're reading the law. The parts that convict, the parts that, that, that cut you deep, Good, good, because if it wasn't, and you're thinking, oh, I'll do all that, you are far worse than you think you are. Right. And so, so, but hold on, hold on. There is also another word. Keep reading. Keep reading within the context of Scripture. There is also another word that God uses in Scripture, and that is gospel. And that is is that you, if, if you're reading, and it's so difficult sometimes because it's so, we want to mix law and gospel together. We want to make it where the gospel is something that I'm doing for God, which is not the gospel, or we want to make, uh, we want, we want to, to, to mesh it together and, and keep reading, keep reading, find the gospel for a quick rule of thumb is if it sounds something like do, like do this so that God will do this, that's law. If it sounds like God has done this for you, that's usually gospel. That's right. That's a right. good. That's a you know. It's a that's a good guideline. I mean, it's not you know, it's not an absolute. You right. Know, there's there there are exceptions to that, but but in general, it's a good guideline, and that's the thing. So when you've again, like you said, whether you're new to the Bible or whether it's something you read all your life, there's still a lot of things that seem like, you know, that's, that's impossible. That's impossible to live up to. Yeah, exactly. But then there's this good news. That's what the gospel. That's what gospel means. It's good news, but. There, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's a way out. There's mm-hmm. a way through all of this, this death that comes through sin, and and it's 
and it's this amazing gift and it's, and it's really ours for the taking because mm. it's already been given to us. Yep. Right. All we have to do is accept the gift. It's like someone's holding out, you know, the brand new PlayStation <laughs> <We were talking laughs> about video games earlier. And, 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 but you know, so there's no strings attached, but then all you got to do is reach out and take it. But the, and it's just like that, that with Jesus's love and his offer of salvation to us. It's already been offered. It's already there. It's not a promise of something that, that will happen in the future. It's not a promise of if you do this, if you do that. It's just, it's there. It's there, right. it's there for the taking. We have to accept it. You just and, have to take it. And I would encourage anybody that's listening that it, there's not one of us here that struggle with stuff every day. Oh, every day. Yeah. Every you day. Know, so you, you, you know, so you're stri- if you're striving to be perfect or that perfect Christian or, or whatever, or trying to live by the law, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. But, I mean, we fall and, and, and fail every single day. Like you said, you can't, one of them commandments, I mean, you can fail in many of them every single day, but just have the encouragement that Christ is there and he's, yep. he's our redemption. Right. And he, you know, he, you know God already knew all this stuff we were going to do. Mm-hmm. He already saw the sin in our hearts and he sent his son as a, you know, a salvation for us. So, you know. All the stuff that was done before, all the stuff you're doing now, all the stuff you're going to do, it's already been, you know, forgiven through the sacrifice that Jesus made, that ultimate sacrifice. But we still have the, the task of bringing Christ into our lives and into our hearts. And then the, I think, responsibility as good Christians to try to do right to our families and to our fellow man and to each other. But it's not a, it's not a checklist of I'll do these good things and then I'll get this reward. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a consequence of what has happened to you, not a, a, a formula or, 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 or a maintenance. Uh, Like the Christian life is a daily death and resurrection. That's right. I am daily dying because of sin, Mm -hmm. but I am also daily revived and resurrected again through the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is happening? Like you may be asking, well, I want to have this faith. I want to have it. You know, how does it happen? It's as simple as this. Through the word of God, through the preaching of the gospel, and through hearing, because, you, know, uh, you know, faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. So it's literally as if you dead in your sin, you have your back to God. And God comes to you through the preaching of the word and turns you around. That's what repentance means. Turning, a changing of mind, turning away from. God literally turns you, quote unquote, repents you himself, turns you around, opens up your dead hand, takes salvation, takes Christ, keys to the kingdom, whatever you want to call it, and places it in your hand and folds your fingers back on it and puts it to your chest and says, yours, yours, receive it. And, and, and that is how awesome what is happening? The same God who, the same word, Jesus, who told Lazarus, get up, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus went, okay. And, you know, and Lazarus not singing about, I have decided to listen to Jesus tell me to get out of my grave. Right. I have this, you know, he's not doing that. He's, uh, I don't, we, don't, we don't have what Lazarus is saying, but I'm pretty sure he's like, I was dead and now I'm alive. Yeah. What 
just happened. <laughs> you know, in the, in the same power that Jesus has in that word is the same power that the gospel has in the dead soul. It, to, to center me, to center you, based off of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven, get up. And, 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 and the word says that that has the power to save. And it's exciting stuff. As a verse in Revelation 3, 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open a door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Bam. And, and I want to spell something that kind of I always thought or was taught growing up, and it's nowhere in Scripture. It's nowhere supported. It sounds nice. It sounds catchy. But this whole idea that Jesus is a perfect gentleman, that he's going to wait for you, uh-uh. no, Jesus barges through the door of the dead soul, and he basically says, whenever the gospel comes, it comes into play, here am I, you are mine, this is what's happening, repent and believe in me, and, and, and through his word. Uh, if, if, if Jesus was a pers- perfect gentleman waiting on us, no one would get saved. Of course. Romans, yeah. Romans says that no one wants God, no one wants him, no one seeks for him, no one does nothing, they're all going to the grave, blah, blah, blah. And that's and it just points more to how awesome the gospel is. Because it says in John ten nine, I am the door by me, which is Jesus. Mm. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. That's right. awesome. Any man. Any man. That means any of this is for anyone. By me. By, by me. Yes. That he is the way. And, and, and you might be sitting there and wondering... You know, well, what about that person, you know, that's never heard the gospel and blah, 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 blah. You know, Paul speaks on that too. Everyone has rejected God. Everyone. And, 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 and I am confident that, that it, it may, that's part of the plan too that God uses us to get the gospel out there. And, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't know all the ins and outs of, of what all God's plans are, but I do know this. In Scripture, the only salvation plan is through faith in Jesus Christ. Period. So that may be a pretty heavy yep. t- topic. <laughs> no, no, but it, but it's it's necessary and it's in keeping with what we've been talking about. But I think that we've reached a good stopping point for this episode, so we're going to wrap it up. But we are going to pick back up soon, and we're going to continue on uh, with. We got some things coming up. We're going to continue on with some of our essentials of Christianity, sort of our Christianity one hundred and one, if you will. We will also, we haven't forgotten, I know that we've taken a little detour off of our road to Emmaus, but we will be taking other journeys as we hopefully get closer and closer to that elusive Emmaus. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next Genesis yeah. 1, That's right. chapter 24 now? Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and, and as we do our essentials of Christianity, we'll talk a little bit more about sort of some of the traditions and rituals that are key to uh, Christian Worship, um, some some things like communion and baptism, and some of the other other basic tenets of most most Christians' church going activities. Um, we've got some uh, some special guests lined up to come on soon, so we'll have some episodes with that. But we've got lots of good things in store. So, as always, we encourage you to if you have any questions or any comments, feel free to hit us up on our various forms of social media, uh, which will be detailed at the end of this episode. And also, we encourage you, if you have any of your own questions, always seek Christ's Word through, his, through the Bible. And hopefully, if you are attending a church, you know, your clergy can always help you, your pastor, 
um, and your church elders. So we will be talking at you next time, and thanks so much for listening to the Liberty Tree. If you ever have any questions uh, for us on the podcast here, feel free to send us an email at thelibertytreepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll be happy to answer any questions you have, or if there is a topic or something that you want us to discuss on the podcast, feel free to let us know. You can find us on Facebook, the Liberty Tree Podcast. If you're on Twitter, our Twitter handle is at Liberty Tree Cast. And also, we are on the church website. There's an icon on the website that's a picture of our logo. Just click on that. And to get to that website, it's familylifechurchswanee.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks so much. More to come later. One evening as the sun went down and the jungle fire was burning, down the track came a hobo hiking. And he said, boys, I'm not turning. I'm headed for a land that's far away beside the crystal fountains. So come with me, we'll go. This was the Liberty Tree, podcasting from Family Life Church in Swanee, Georgia.